What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of the Crane Kicks Lex podcast. Today, I have our captain, Charlie Machel, joining us. Charlie, how you doing? Doing very well, mate. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate you taking the time to come in here, talk with us. I know that there's some busy weeks ahead for us, some very short windows between games. So uh, I know that you guys are just in there putting in work every day. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I think from all of us, the players and the staff, we appreciate everything you've been doing with the team and, and getting lots of info out to a lot of people. So we all we all appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks. I really appreciate that. That uh, sometimes I feel like <laughs> for too much time, but I just uh, I'm excited to have this team here and I'm excited to have you guys here. It's uh, it's awesome to see. Before we get too deep, I know that actually somebody had asked me about this and I was curious myself. I always like to to talk to players when they're fans of teams, uh, not just like the team they play for. And I know you happen to be a fan of Newcastle, right? Yes, that's yeah. Correct. How are you feeling about them making it into the Champions League? Honestly, um, I'm ecstatic about it. I think 20 years ago, uh, I was going to Champions League games growing up as a as a kid with my auntie and my uh, my older cousin and. Uh, it's been a long 20 years without it. Um, I remember St. James's Park absolutely full against Juventus and Barcelona into Milan. And it's been a tough old time. Um, and I think the new generation of fans haven't really seen the best of best of Newcastle. And that's finally starting to come back now, which is amazing to see. I think this, it's a, incredible for the city and just an amazing time to be a Newcastle United fan. And I think with with all the investment and things that are going on with the club, um, we're only going to go up, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's it might be a little bit too soon. I think we all didn't think it would go as fast as it has, um, right. and there was all sorts of people saying Neymar and Mbappe and all this and Haaland yeah. are all going to come to us. But I think the way the, the way they've done it has been has been really good, and uh, I hope that we just continue to improve. And four or five years time, we can be challenging. You never know for a title, so that would be that would be great. Yeah, it's kind of wild to watch the come up in Newcastle because, you know, I, I knew a few people a few years back um, that moved away. So we don't keep in touch so much, but they were Newcastle fans. And I remember it was it was rough for for a bit. And uh, yeah, it, it can be hard. It can be hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm an Everton fan, so okay. I've uh, been going through it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough year for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, tough few years. Couple of years. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, it makes it worse because a lot of my close friends are Liverpool fans. So it. Oh, uh, yeah. That I'm always tough. getting those texts, but it's yeah. got to feel great to see that come up. And then, um, I mean, even thinking through as a player, uh, you kind of get to experience the, those ebbs and flows, you know, through your career. So I know you know what they're going through to a sense as far as is kind of working through and, and get where you need to go. But uh, I hope you guys yeah. continue to do good. And it's it's nice to see somebody else up there in the top of the table and, uh, and putting in work. Yeah, I think it's a good thing about us as well. Whenever we're whenever we're going to the big clubs, I think we're everyone's second favorite team. Um, when you're going up against Man City and Chelsea and and Liverpool, so um, I think there's a real good uh, feel. Sorry, a feel good factor. Um, uh, in in and around the city, and yeah, it's just it'll be amazing to see what we can kind of achieve in the next few years, and hopefully they keep it the way they're doing it, getting in young mm -hmm. players, um, improving the academy, improving lots of things around the city um and not just going out and buying a 200 million pound player because right i think it's we obviously have to be sustainable and mm -hmm. the best way to do that is is probably going through the youth and and getting the best players when they're nine and ten eleven with with the best coaches and trying to produce our own players instead of having to go and buy foreign foreign superstars so um that's the plan i think and mm -hmm. um and and also buying obviously some some good players each year just to improve the improve the squad so um so yeah it's really exciting time that was weird i felt like i was talking to coach stocks for a second about our <laughs> philosophy <laughs> the building up on me too much i hear him every day uh, yeah hanging out too much with him <laughs> yeah yeah so like how did you first get into to football what started your love for the game even like watching it and, and eventually evolving to the point where you wanted to be a player I think I was probably about uh six years old when my auntie took me to my first Newcastle game and um from I don't remember it personally but from what she told me it was this is 
I, I, the minute I stepped out onto the concourse, it was I just fell in love with it. And I started to kind of remember games when I was about eight years old and I would go home and away games. And I, I got the love of it, at, I think, at around five or six. Um, I used to play a lot of different sports. I was playing um, rugby at the time as well. My dad was a big rugby fan, so he wanted me to play rugby. Yeah. And so, obviously, there's only two days over the weekend and I had to pick one of them. And um, I was playing rugby every Sunday when I was six years old and I said to him one day I, I got invited down to play a game and um, mm-hmm. I said to him I, I want to go and play football instead mm-hmm. and he said right well I'll take you and play football and I scored a hat-trick and the oh, coach man. that I still had then keep, always tells me about my first game that I had scored a hat-trick and never looked back and uh, and from that point it was football only and I, I kind of went football mad it was every day of the week every night I would be outside in the garden playing I'd be at school before early just being able to have a kick around and and go into loads of different matches and and so that was kind of where I fell in love with it and, and never really stopped that, that's think, awesome yeah I think probably I think at that point as well as soon as you realize what you want to do I think at about nine or ten when you're at school and they they say to you what do you want to be when you're older it was always I want to be a professional football player um and that that kind of stuck all the way through so I'm I'm glad it's I'm glad it came true. Even though at that point yeah. I thought I was going to be Newcastle's top scorer, <laughs> I didn't know how it was going to be. I'd I'd be in uh, in in Kentucky at, at this point, but you know, yeah. that's, uh, every 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 road has has different ways. So um, just I'm delighted that it came came through in the end. Well, I know I'm I'm glad that you're here with us. I know it's not Newcastle, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm psyched to have you here, Captain, in our team. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, that's really great to hear that story, you know, just coming up and, and building that love of the game. And it's cool to hear that your dad was super supportive because, you know, sometimes it's hard. You know, I, I know, you know, like he loved rugby. I love soccer. So, of course, with my boys, I'm always like, want to go kick around the soccer ball? And yeah. luckily they love it. But, you know, I'm always trying yeah. to be like, don't don't push. They want to play yeah. something else or do something else. It's it's cool. But of course, yeah, that, I that's think awesome. that, that, that's great as well. I mean, I learned a lot of different things from different sports. Yeah. We played cricket in school, which is obviously a, quite a big sport in England, and that was great mm-hmm. for hand-eye coordination. Um, obviously, over here in America, there's a lot of this basketball, baseball, so you're learning a lot of different traits from these sports. So it all yeah. it all helps for for whatever sport you decide to go into. Um, so I was really happy that I did a lot of different sports, and both my parents were were really supportive of that, which I was lucky of. That's great. Yeah, cricket's one that uh, threw me for a loop whenever I first like kind of started understanding. I have a friend that um, he's from India and cricket's super big there. And so yeah, he was like, it. man, you got to watch like a cricket match. And, and he's always playing like, uh, I forget the name of the game, but there's like a game on PS4 or PS5 that's cricket, basically the FIFA of cricket. And he's like playing okay. that and he's trying to explain all the rules. And I'm like, I, I'm lost. No, yeah, <laughs> it's like me with baseball, honestly, it, it'd be exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, it's, right. a, it's an interesting one. Yeah. That's that's great, man. So, like, you eventually, obviously, decided to pursue this professionally, um, and, and make it more than just like a passion as far as a hobby is concerned. So, when did that finally click, and, and you just say like, okay, I'm I'm going to pursue this and make this my career, and kind of talk to me a little bit through that process because you went on quite the journey. I mean, you've been a globe trotter. You've been everywhere, like looking yeah. through all the, the places you played. Like, what was that like? Yeah, I think obviously coming over to America at eighteen, um, that was probably one of the best decisions I could have I could have done at the time. Um, I think the opportunity wasn't there for me to go and play at that time. I wasn't ready to play professionally in England at the level that I wanted to do. Um, I had a lot more of work to do on my game, and I wasn't yeah I wasn't quite ready. So coming over to America. Um, was a was a great decision. I had three years in in a school called Wingate in North Carolina, where I came out with nine or eight of players from Newcastle, which was great. You know, it was really yeah. easy to come over and uh, easy transition coming over with a lot of your friends. Um, so we settled in really well and had a great three years there, and then transferred over to to East Tennessee State uh, my senior year, um, just just for something different really to try and push on and. I thought if I can go up a level, I know obviously that the Division One, Division Two, there's not in a lot of schools not that much difference uh, between the top uh, Division Two uh, teams anyway. Um, but I wanted to try something new, get out of my comfort zone a little bit. So 
another another decision that I was really happy about. And I was a I was a striker actually up until until I was a senior and ended up going to Tennessee, became a a midfielder there. Um, we had a really good year and then got offered to go on a few trials in the USL at the time. Um, and I was at one one uh, combine actually, and uh, a scout from Denmark was there, and a, and a head coach, and they'd come out to watch a few different combines around America, and was invited after the combine to to go on trial over in Denmark, which was incredible, incredible experience. I'd never been to Denmark, even though it was so close, um, and I had in my head that I wanted to, I want, I was, I was really looking forward to to trying something new, to trying to to try in a new country and to play in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. As a lot of people know, as as any any player from outside of, of that country, you get a lot of looks. So if an American goes over there, you get a lot of looks. And if an English player, it's the same, especially with the amount of money that's going around for a young English players at the moment. Um, right. So went over there, did a trial for two weeks, played in a couple of games um, and ended up signing and had a great year there. Uh, completely new experience not well living alone for the first time and obviously lived alone in college but and I'd, I'd been away from my family for for four or five years but that was the the time where you start to have to look after yourself you know you have to cook your mm-hmm. meals you don't have it in the cafeteria anymore in like the college days and and yeah. and also learning to to really win I think you in in college it's it's a very short season you're if you lose a game, it's not the end of the world. It's not the it's it's not the end of your career. It's not the end of your contracts. Whereas suddenly I went in the professional world, and every three points could mean bonuses for someone, which could mean more money for their for their family, for to pay their rent. So it was it was a it was a crazy environment where it just went from zero to hundred for me, really. And I think it took me probably two or three months to just just getting. Uh, up to speed with it I was I would say I was one touch off so whenever I needed to take one I would always take two or two mm-hmm. and three and that kind of thing so mm-hmm. that's where I learned my game um to to be a to be a lot better I would say um and had a great year there and then went for a couple of months over to the Pharaohs which was at the end of the season I hadn't played as much as I wanted to in my first year and I'm the kind of character that I don't really like to sit around in the off season. Sure. Um, I, I love to stay active and I was obviously 23 full of energy felt fit and I was like where can I go that has a season right now that's playing and the Pharaohs had three months left I think it was went over there and played every game 11 games and loved it played every minute and just enjoyed enjoyed the game and at the end of that I think my last game was in something like minus 20 or minus 15 oh degrees God. I remember standing on the field at the end of the game, the wind was blowing, and I was like, I need to get some heat. <laughs> I was like, I've been I've had this this amazing weather in, in the US and, and, and in North Carolina in Tennessee and uh-huh. kind of had my feet up in the sun and, and enjoyed it. And I was standing there, couldn't feel my feet, and I was like, oh, I need to get some sun. Um so luckily there was a an Irish coach, a, a guy named Conor Nesta, who um uh-huh. Who watched a lot of the Scandinavian leagues, yeah. And he was at the time in Cambodia, mm-hmm. and again, another country I'd never heard of. And yeah. he basically spoke to my agent at the time and said, "If he's interested, would love to get him over." And it's it's kind of like the Asian market's kind of like I would say it's a it's a ladder effect in terms of USL one championship, mm-hmm. or USL two, USL one championship, MLS. He said, "Come in here. This is probably." The USL one of it, and try mm. if you have a good year, you can quickly speed up the ladder, and that and that was kind of the plan. And I went out there, another completely crazy experience, landed in this country that was absolute madness. Just mopeds flying around, people going down the wrong side of the roads, and I was like, where am I? Like <laughs> this is this is crazy. Definite culture uh, shock. <laughs> yeah, massive culture shock. Never, I'd never been to Asia before, and. Ended up taking the plunge. He was a great coach for me. Um, we ended up winning the league. Went 25 games unbeaten, I think it was. And and that kind of set me up. Uh, I think as a foreigner, it can, it can go both ways for you out there. If 
they're very cutthroat in in the fact that if you're not having if you're not playing well they kind of can cut up your contract and there's crazy stories of of, of lots of different things that go on over there but we had a had a great year ended up signing for uh, uh in singapore yeah that was at the time uh in the afc cup which is the europa league basically mm-hmm. of asia mm-hmm. um so again got to travel a lot with that um went over to loads of different countries loved it in singapore that time was covid so a lot of games were i think we only played 15 games throughout the season mm-hmm. um but i was there for the full year and then moved back over another one of my friends got a job at another team in cambodia who was probably at the time the best team yeah and they were the only club really or only league really playing at the time because mm-hmm. of covid so i went went over there stayed there for three or four months and um ended up signing in the malaysia super league which was um which was incredible loved every minute of that big stadiums playing against some good players and great fans um something that i would the experience that i would imagine players get in england where you're playing in front of if you're playing in front of 30 or 40,000 people mm-hmm. um which you don't really get in a lot of other countries whether it's europe and or or over in america unless you're at, at the top right. um of of the pyramid so Loved every minute of that, and then um, obviously came over to America, which uh, was my my wife's American, and she kind of said, "Right, you've had your fun, sort of thing." <laughs> enough, enough. Um, and I was obviously wanted to get back over here at some point because I love America. I love um, the way the Americans are and how friendly they are, and and obviously how big soccer is becoming. Um, yeah. So. Went over to Tucson, had a great year there. Uh, was supposed to be there for two years, but the club ended up folding at the end of last year, and and found myself here, which uh, which was has turned out to be an amazing place, and delighted to be here. That's awesome. I love that. It's it's just insane to to see the level of experiences that you've had in such a short period of time, because because not everybody gets those opportunities to just see all these different places, immerse themselves in all the different places. What what's probably your I don't know, either your favorite or your wildest memory from your time in one of the places you played in prior to coming to the U.S. Ooh, I would say the wildest, and this is quite a funny one, is we on my first away trip um, uh, in Asia, uh, we stopped off the bus and the boys got off and the coach was saying, go and grab yourself some a snack or whatever at the, at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the lads came back with a bag of beetles. <laughs> Yeah. And just started eating them. It's just like was, live? Just live beetles, yeah. Just oh, wow. in the bag, just a bit of protein, throwing them down. Yeah. Um, and that was that was a very crazy moment. And they were offering me them, try one, try one, try one. I was going, absolutely no chance. <laughs> so that was that was definitely a that was the wildest, the wildest thing that happened. There was uh fried tarantulas, there was yeah. fried snakes. There was lots of crazy, crazy foods um, that I didn't try. Um, and I'm pretty glad I, I didn't try them. <laughs> How hard <Yeah>. pass. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, playing in, playing in front of some big stadiums as well. I loved it. I loved playing in the in the AFC, in the AFC Cup. It was um, just a great experience. And, and having a big, a huge fan base at games, I think was, was really, really good. And I, I loved every minute of that. That's great to hear. So now, now you're in Lexington, and clearly you settled in. It's been a few months, right? Yeah. Uh, did the team help you and other players kind of get settled, or was it more of like you came here and then you figured out your own living arrangements, or how did that work out? Yeah, um, obviously we were in, as soon as we all signed, we were in constant communication with the club. Um, Sam and, and Waza and Natch and CT were all making sure anything we needed um which was which was great it was really easy obviously having foxy kaylin um he was a, a native helped me a lot because he kind of said this is this is the place you want to live this is where he was he was kind of on the ground here so yeah. um so that was that was really ha- helpful and handy so he helped me he helped me a lot when i when i first came in and i also came uh, about two months before we were supposed to be here just to have a look around and, and get my mm. bearings um but as a club yeah they they helped us they helped us massively just to settle in and, and make it as comfortable as possible and have have everything ready for us 
That's awesome. And so you guys, as far as your living arrangements, you are roommates with Kaylin, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, we have a house. Yeah. So I, I was asked to ask you what your, your top three um, best reasons are for being roommates for Kaylin or why he's the best roommate. Sorry. Top three Ooh. reasons why he's the best roommate. I was about to give you the top the top three worst. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> um, yeah. uh, he's a great, I love him. I love him. He's a, he's a great lad. Um, Foxy's, he's always, he, he always takes out the bins, which is, which is a massive one. So I do the cooking and hey. he, he does the cleaning. So we've got a pretty good uh, thing going on there. He's also extremely organized. Uh, I think if you've, if anyone who meets Foxy, they know how organized he is. So yeah. he's on it with everything, you know, if, if we have to pay our rent or whatever it is, he's always on the reminders. He's always letting me know. Um, and I think to be honest, we're we're very we're two outgoing people, and yeah, um, I think it's good to have someone around, especially when we don't have our partners here with us. Um, it's it's great to have have someone around who you can go out with for a coffee and mm-hmm. and be willing to go and do things. Um, so they would be they would be the top three things definitely. All right, there you go, Kaylin. I asked for you. shock (laughs) doesn't surprise me (laughs) right yeah no that's that's great though to to have somebody that can kind of help you get acclimated because i'm i'm sure coming from tucson and then here it helps like you said having somebody like kaylin who is from the area and can kind of vouch for it and and get you settled um when you came what was the most shocking thing to you about kentucky maybe that broke some some preconceived notions that you had yeah honestly i thought when i when i came i I didn't realize how much was going on in the city i thought i'd be coming to a place like when i came out of north carolina in wingate and there was was a tiny little city with Mm -hmm. nothing and sometimes you worry about that because you think well all i've got to worry about is football and i can't really get away from it um so the fact when i got here and i I kind of had a walk around and saw that the city was buzzing a little bit and yeah. even now in the summer you you drive around and everyone's outside everyone's eating out uh or there's loads of chairs there's places playing music there's you've kind of got everything you need here um yeah with the benefits of not it not being huge and yeah. crazy expensive um so i was really really happy the fact that if my family came over we've got plenty of stuff to do um you're not kind of sitting around going well we've got the match on saturday which we're looking forward to but other than that we're kind of sitting in the house um so that was that was a a big thing i was happy about when i when i finally got here and 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 realized and walked around that's great yeah lexington's like one of those almost perfect sized cities it is not not too big not too small there's just enough for exactly and, and not get bored and, and things are constantly going on. So I'm glad yeah. to, to hear that it wasn't what you're expecting as far as just like a tiny little town. I mean, you can find those pretty easily. You don't have to travel exactly. far. Exactly. Go outside of Lexington and it's it's pretty close. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. With the with the McDonald's and a gas station and then yeah. nothing for another 50 miles. Yeah. Yeah. No, no lie. Yeah. So you talked a lot about trying to break away from football. Like, you know, just the, the mental mindset of like constantly being locked in because you love the game. Yeah, but it's also your job, and yeah. you don't want your whole life to just be only that one thing. So, what are some of your like outlets that you use to 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 break away and have a little bit of a mental rest or physical rest that that you enjoy? I think well, I, sp- I spend a lot of time speaking to my family, um, speaking to my partner Chloe. She's she's great at taking my mind off off uh, off football and and. A lot of my friends as well, um, they know not to to call me and ask about certain things that happen in games that I'm and they know that I wouldn't be happy about. Um mm-hmm. so I spend a lot of time, you know, speaking to people, um, which which is a big help. We also uh, myself, uh, Will Bainham and, and Tate Robertson and Foxy as well, we all we have little barbecues uh yeah. three or four nights a week, actually at the moment, because of the nice weather. So we go. We have. We cook food on the barbecue. We we cook steak and chicken. We have a we have a chat about loads of different things, and and that's really nice. That's uh that's something we do a lot. We spend a lot of time as a team. I think um a lot more than myself and other players have said. With when they've been in other teams, we we spend a lot of time together. So that's always nice because it's 
even though you're spending time with the same people you, you're doing your job with, it's right. a completely different environment. And I think the way we train and the and how how stocks has us training and and how how precise we are with everything we want to do, which is exactly how it should be. Um, yeah. It's nice to to be able to shut off and relax um, in the afternoons and evenings. And I, I also do some youth coaching as well. I, I do one on one like individual coaching and, and some group training, which I love having a laugh with with the kids and uh that brings a lot of enjoyment to me as well because developing players but but also there's a load of great kids out in in kentucky who are who are really wanting to learn and get better and it's always a laugh when you when you go out and and have a a good session with some of them so that's so that's a couple of things i do yeah that's great i see a few posts here and there of you working with some of the local youth and they like they love you they adore you i actually was sitting near uh somebody that you work with regularly and she was cheering her head off the last game for you. <laughs> oh, like everything was like, Charlie. So yeah. Yeah. You, oh, you, you clearly have an impact and that's great. Yeah. No, I love, I love doing it. It's a, it's a great thing to be involved in. And I think if, if it was me and obviously this isn't anywhere near the same scale, but if I could have trained with a player of, at Newcastle when I was, when I was younger and that was the pathway. And obviously this is the pathway for a lot of the youth kids here to, to hopefully come and play with us, whether it's the women's side or the or the men's side, um, to be able to have that availability would have been would have been incredible. So, um, that's what that's one of the reasons I do it definitely. Yeah, and and that's huge for for youth players because to have a readily available mentor that's that's physically able to to give you some time you know obviously you can't lend your time to every single person that's ever going to need your help but yeah. to to be available to those that you can um you're right i mean i i can't imagine growing up wanting to play a sport and then having a pro soccer player say hey let me take you under my wing and yeah. get you on the the right with this so um that that's definitely changing lives i'm sure and and you know it's it's really cool to see that you're giving back in those ways and trying to help other kids you know follow their dream and and if they end up you know one day playing pro soccer like you'll be a part of that journey being just a positive mentor in their life so that's yeah. you know speaks to what you guys are trying to do for our community in fact so that that's great that. to see. yeah yeah i think it's uh, the way i am as well i get no matter who i kind of whether it's coaching whether it's my team i get very like emotionally invested in whatever that is whatever i do so um I probably spend too much time doing it and I need to sometimes focus more on whether we've got a game or, or if one of them rings me up and says, can I just have 10, 15 minutes to chat about their game on the Saturday? Yeah. Um, but it's, I love doing it. So it's a, it's a great thing to be able to be a part of. Definitely. That's awesome. And I know we appreciate it and it's uh, it's great to have you here doing that type of stuff for us. So you that. mentioned Kalen being kind of instrumental in you checking out Kentucky and getting a feel for things. Um, whenever you decided to join Lexington Sporting Club, was he a big factor or what kind of put the club on your radar? Obviously, Tucson folded and you needed yeah. a club. You wanted a club. Um, but what made Lexington like the spot that you were like, okay, I think this is where I want to be? I think... I had a couple of conversations with different teams um, and a couple of different offers that were were, were good on offers of of everyone and obviously appreciative from from myself to to be able to to have some options. Um, I think speaking to Sam on the phone and really him telling me everything that was coming with this club and and i've always said that I'd, i would love to have i've played in so many different countries i would love to have played under an english coach yeah so i've never really had the opportunity to do that which is which is crazy really right. for being yeah for for playing for for quite a few years i've never had the opportunity to play under an english coach and i think playing under an english coach you get those values that were those english values really and i knew yeah. i knew what the training would be like i knew that once he told me about the city and the plans and everything that was coming, that it was just going to be a really good place to be. Um, and obviously, knowing Foxy, it, that wouldn't have been the deciding factor. 
Right. It always helps. Like I said, when I was 18, going over to North Carolina, having seven, eight players from my hometown, knowing at least one player going into a club always helps for for the first couple of weeks just settling in. Um, and he kind of assured me about the place. I wasn't going to a, a crazy city where... I was. He knew, he knew what I was like. He said, "You're gonna love it there." So that was that was definitely a help. But speaking to Sam on the on the phone and him just explaining everything was, I think, it's the minute I got off the phone with him, I, I signed the signed the contract and it and it was kind of done after that. So um, yeah, it was it was great to be able to just get the insights from him and, and listen to how he wanted to make me a better player and how he thought I could help the team. Yeah, I mean, that means a lot whenever you can connect with somebody and, and when it feels right, it feels right. And you can't really deny that, right? So, you know, you got exactly. to follow through whenever you have that that good gut feeling about things, yep. which I'm sure like this was probably a pretty crazy experience beyond just that, right? Is, is this the first team that you've been a part of that was brand new? Yeah, first team. First what team was that ever. like for you? Like, it was, it was, it was pretty weird, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's su- there's such a big turnaround in a lot of clubs. I think, uh, especially in in the USL and USL one, um, and new teams coming regularly at the moment. And with the with the mm-hmm. league being so young, it's it's not that there's so many people that are that established. So it's a pretty open play like fairground for people. It's you can you can come in and kind of set your tone and and be who you want to be, and no one really knows who you are. So. I think yeah. it's quite refreshing for a lot of players uh, to come in. No, what nobody really. We've played against a couple of people. You you know of a, of the odd person, but you come in with a completely clean slate, and mm. you be who you want to be, and you set the way you want to be to the other players. So, I think that was good um, for a lot of players. Just a, a fresh start, and yeah, um, obviously difficult. Don't get me wrong to to get eleven guys or eighteen, twenty, however many guys it is to get on the same page, but I think the speed that we've been able to to do it has been has been incredible, and and that's obviously credit to all all the players and and all the the staff and the ownership for giving us the opportunity to do it and picking the right people because it's yeah. probably the hardest job trying to get twenty people to get along and. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds, I don't think anyone hates each other in our team. And I've been in every team I've been in. You've got, you've got the odd person who doesn't like so and so. That's not that's not us. So I think yeah. that shows on the on the field as well how we celebrate goals together, how yeah. we how we celebrate wins. And so yeah, that's that's been that's been a great thing for us, definitely. Yeah, and, and just playing off what you said, the, the idea of being able to compose a team that quickly because i mean it's a very quick turnaround and then have you guys produce i mean i know you guys have been you know you've had two a days before you you know you guys are constantly working hard to try and really gel on the field personality wise because there's a lot to be said it's not just you know i I think people have a misconception you just go out and then you look at people's stats and say okay this person with the stats and then you just plug them in and it's not that simple you have to have people that can gel on the field and mesh personality wise and be in sync with one another. Cause I mean, it's a team game. I mean, exactly. nobody's scoring unless everybody is on the same page and doing what they need to do. So finding that synergy is, is a tough task. And then, you know, it's, it's on you guys as well, right? You, you guys have to learn one another and then kind of figure out what makes everybody tick and how they're going to behave on the field as far as, you know, okay, can I expect him to, you know, take this path or is he more likely to, hit it with his right foot in this situation. And so exactly. I know it's a tremendous amount of work that, you know, everybody, including you guys has had to put in into coming together and yeah. then, and really trying to hit the ground running. Yeah. Oh, massive. And yeah, like I said, I think training as hard as we do and, and trying to, and not even the coaching staff, just the coaching staff here, but we've got uh, Joe and Kieran who, who helped us with all our tactical stuff as well. And, you know the club's given us kind of every way possible to succeed. Um, right. A lot more than places I've been in the past, where they just they give you so many opportunities. And if something doesn't work, let's try this. If this doesn't work, let's try that. And of course, it's going to take time because a lot, a lot of us, including myself, haven't done a lot of this stuff before and haven't had yeah. that knowledge before. So to get everyone on the same page 
I mean, I think now I'm looking back at it, you could see it in the first couple of weeks. We were a hungry team, but we, we just weren't quite ready. Right. Um, and and now I think you're seeing a completely different side of it where we're starting to really, really gel. And, and obviously still so much work to be done, but we're improving every week and we can feel that as a squad as well. So that's a, that's a great, it's a definitely a good place to be at the moment. Yeah, it's definitely been coming together. I mean, I say it every single week that there's always just one more piece that seems to fall yeah. into place with you guys. And, uh, you know, obviously the Tormenta game, I know you guys were wanting to win off of that one, but you guys were clicking. And then I saw you guys in person for the last home game. That game, like, I feel at that point was like your best game up to that point. I know it was a draw, but just yeah. like watching all of you guys, just like the speed and the connections you guys were making, you could tell that this stuff is finally just starting to really get into sync. And I, I think that that's a good sign for where we're going. So it's cool to see that really that, that growth. It's kind of awesome to enjoy that. And I know some people have unrealistic expectations of like instant success and then you maintain success forever and ever and ever, but it's a, it's really a process, right? Cool. And, and you guys are going through it and yeah. uh, you know, making that progress and that's what it's really all about. Yeah, and there's gonna be there's definitely gonna be bumps in the road as we as yeah. we go through the season, and I think every every situation we're learning from as a, as a group, and I think I agree in the in the Colorado game, uh, definitely I would say it was our best performance. Probably should have won it at the end. Yeah, um, <laughs> and if the decision goes your way and you win that, then mm -hmm. you never know. But at the same time, the fact that we're creating chances. Mm -hmm. um players are finding their feet um and and yeah i think every like i said every week we we learn we either win or we learn and that's yeah. kind of what the message is from from the coach and stuff and yeah they'll definitely we're not, we're not going to go and win every game for yeah. the rest of our careers but i think the way we're set up and the way we're doing things at the moment will definitely just continue to be positives yeah and it's just all about how you respond and I, you know i really appreciate how you guys treat every game you know every win is like we won the championship you know yeah. especially at home like you guys are yeah. celebrating hard and i love yeah. it you know and and i think the fans really enjoy that too because that just gets them pumped up because they're like oh wow this is great and you know and when we lose like you guys are clearly disappointed you know what i mean it, it doesn't mean that you have to sulk and you know pretend like yeah. you don't want to go shake somebody's hand or anything but you guys clearly you're internalizing and saying okay but how are we going to get better and you can see that on you guys's faces but you're still being appreciative of the fans and the opportunities. So it's just cool. awesome to see how much you guys take this seriously. And I, I don't think I've noticed a single one of you that, you know, is, is flippant or, or doesn't care about what's happening on that field. And and I think that's it's amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's so in, emotionally invested in, in the, in the group. And if you're not, then you're the odd one out. Yeah. And you don't want to be the odd one out and no. that's how it is. And so, Sometimes there's obviously you have a week where you you're not quite whatever it is confident or you you're not having the best week or you've had a poor performance so you give away the ball a couple of times but that's what's great about our group is that you've got so many people that'll stick by you and and the coaches as well it's it's never a, a fact of you make a mistake and you you're out the team or you mm -hmm. make a mistake and it's all your fault we all take responsibility for each other's mistakes and try and bail each other out and if that doesn't work then it's as a team and that's the that's probably the the best way of, of moving forward um so yeah a great group to be to be involved in yeah and i think that's pretty evident too because anytime that any mistakes are made uh, you know i don't see anybody running up into somebody else's face and then immediately yeah. being like what are you doing why did you do that it's it's like okay come on let's go like yeah. we still got a game to play Let, let's keep this exactly. rolling and I think that's it's not something you see in every team. You know, there are some teams out there where somebody makes a mistake, you know, somebody's in their face immediately. And, you know, I understand emotions are going to run high in a game, but that's not really going to get people on track to keep playing and do what they got to do. So, you know, it, it's I think it's just all coming back to that character of, of who you guys are and what's trying to be built. Yeah. So, you know, we, when you came in thinking about just the games and managing them, um, when you came in, did you have aspirations to be team captain or was that something that just kind of evolved naturally and became an opportunity that you you took uh coming in again it was completely it was a like a bit of a wild situation 
purely because mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. So right. you don't you don't know what the situation is going to be. There could have been like twenty three guys who could potentially be captain coming in. Yeah. Um, I think I see myself as a as a, I do see myself as a as a leader. I think um, it's I've been captain before in, in in my college teams and some of my teams um, as a professional. So I've had that I've had that experience before. I I do enjoy that experience. I do enjoy having that. It's not necessarily something that I need. I think it gives me an extra boost to know mm-hmm. that this isn't. I'm not just focusing on me. I'm focusing on how can I help other people as well. Um, I think it makes me a better person and a better player. Um, yeah. Just so that I'm constantly reminding myself. This isn't just about you. This is what can you do? Who needs help right now? Who needs uh, a pat on the back? And whether that's on the field or off the field, um, I think we luckily again we have probably nine, eight or nine people who could do that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely not the only one who I'm just the guy who wears the armband. I would say I think we've. Uh, we've got a leadership group of myself, Don, Smart, uh, Kalen, Will Bainham and Amal Knight, which mm-hmm. is a great group. Um, yeah. Lots of different experiences. Players who have played in a load of different teams and understand kind of what everyone's going through, um, yeah. whether it's a young player or whether it's an older player. Um, so they help massively. Obviously, players like Cesar as well, who've got lots of experience um right who who are who are massive who are massive helps so um yeah i think for me it was it's an honor obviously because to play with a lot of these players who have who have got so much experience and to be trusted with with the captaincy um is definitely an honor um but there there could have been five or six players easily that could could have taken it i would think yeah, there's a lot of great leadership on the team. I know whenever yeah. I was doing all of you guys' player profiles and trying to like look through, I was just like, man, I really don't know. But yeah. I'm pretty proud of myself because I, I nailed it with you. I was like, I'm pretty sure that he's going to have a leadership role. And I was looking back at that today and I was like, yeah, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pat myself on the back a little. Yeah, on nice one. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's just apparent, man, because, you know, like you said, everybody you, you named and then the people you didn't name, everybody has those qualities that they can bring to the table and really help right the ship and keep things steady in those matches and in those games. And obviously, you know, anybody who's, who's played, you know, football knows that you have multiple leaders on the field, even when you have a captain, you know, there's, yeah. there's people that are constantly helping manage the game at, at different levels because I mean, it's hard to do as one person because you're trying to pay attention to what's going on and what, fulfilling your role, but at the same time leading. Um, yeah. But our team, you know, we've already mentioned this before. It's, it's pretty unique as far as, you know, we have a variety of age ranges. We have a variety of, of backgrounds. People come from all over the place. We have people that have a variety of, of experience levels as far as what leagues they played in or might not even have had a pro career before joining LSC. So maybe talk a little bit about your approach to to leading so many diverse players on the team and then trying to to make sure you're fulfilling what you need to fulfill on the, the field, knowing that. Yeah, I think I that go back to playing in different countries and and playing mm-hmm. with all all different types of players, players who've played at the highest possible level in Europe to players who have never played a professional game before and learning from my captain at the time whoever that was and the way they were with myself who maybe was a first year pro or played in a couple of countries. Um, I think I learned a lot from from a lot of different people. Um, it's it's never easy to you have to be completely different with everyone. Everyone's different. Um, yeah. So it might be a, a young player who is playing every game and who's full of confidence who who might just need uh, I don't know to to calm down one day or they're getting a bit ahead of themselves and you think it's like you need to have a chat with them and say things are going great but you can still push on or it might be a guy who's 30 and isn't playing and they're older than myself and so without trying to be condescending at all or just trying to understand the situation um i think you have to you have to be really open and players have to be able to trust you 
uh, to have those yes, conversations yes. with you and to get the to get to the bottom of things because I know as myself as a as a player if I haven't been playing as much as I wanted to you know you go home and you you're not excited for training you're not you're not in the right state of mind to push on and when you do get your chance maybe you're not ready so constantly just trying to be open to everybody know that I'm at any point at any time anyone can call me I've got their back sort of thing I think that's the way I have to be and no matter what level you've been at I it doesn't change it has to be the same with with every player in that aspect of you treat everyone exactly the same um yeah, yeah. but at the same time if there is someone who has a ton more experience than you you have to go at it in a different way whereas as a young player you can kind of use your experience and give examples of well listen i was at this point at your age as well or i had this happened to me and give them a little story of something that happened to me and how you came out the other side of it whatever it is it's just it's definitely different for every player um but trying to trying to treat everyone the same i think is is important and not let egos or um different abilities affect any of that yeah, and that, that's tough to juggle. I totally understand. Like, you know, anybody who's ever been in some sort of management role, like, can probably relate to that. You yeah. know, I, I know there's been experiences in my life where, you know, I teach. And so you have to, like, you know, interact with kids from everywhere yeah. with different types of attitudes, different types of, like, you know, ability levels. Like, just – and it's a lot. It's a lot to manage. But you're absolutely right. And, and I think seeing a captain that's so open and, and there really, really helps a lot of players. Yeah. So – you know, with your captaincy, you know, that's been a, a big piece of our, our game management. But also, I feel like we've seen your game kind of change or evolve over the season as far as like, you know, how you're used on the field. Um, you know, like at the beginning, you know, the very first game you're used up top and then you kind of like drop back more, but you were still involved in the attack. Now we're seeing you do a lot of like defensive work. So would you say that your overall game has changed since being with LSC or is this just kind of like your bread and butter and you're you're used to playing these variety of roles on the field in any given game. Yeah, I think over the last five years I've I've been pretty versatile in, in different places throughout throughout midfield. Obviously played a couple of games last year as a as a striker for Tucson. Um and that was obviously when I grew up I was a striker. So I know it. I know that role. I think I'm I'm a lot more used to playing in, in midfield uh, now. Uh recently obviously Build, help in the team in any way I can really if it's we all have our roles and and it's not necessarily they don't say to me you have to do this role you have to be the one who helps build in the attack from the back something like that mm -hmm. but that is the sentiment one of the sentiment sentiment fielders roles so yeah. if whatever we're kind of feeling between myself and whoever's playing next to me at that time is mm -hmm. okay for instance I remember a couple of games, uh, Peeler putting some absolute dimes on yeah. green into greeny, great balls, and that he was playing a little bit higher. So yeah. then my role is can I can I drop in a little bit, mm -hmm. help to get him the ball in those areas to play forward. Um and it's it's different every game. Um yeah. the last couple of games I've been able to I've been able to get forward a bit more. And so you're dropping dimes. Exactly. So then I put a couple of balls in. So it's it's just about complementing each other all yeah. over the field, making partnerships. Like Stocks always talks about having a yeah. partnership with with the guy you're playing next to, and and realizing how to get the best out of each other. And that might be I'm having, uh, I'm struggling against the uh, the mid one of the midfielders. Right. Well, I'll bring him out. And if it's Peeler, for instance, Peeler goes higher because he's beating his he's winning the duels against his guy. Right. Well, mm -hmm. this game I'll be deeper. So, mm -hmm. I think every game's deeper. I think it's making us all a lot better as players, yeah. being able to be versatile. I think uh, we have a lot of hybrid players who are able to play in a lot of different positions. I think you've yeah. seen with, for instance, Tate playing left back, right back, right midfield, um, and Artez maybe playing in the ten as a winger. Like we've all kind of bounced around. So, yeah. um, I think it is. It's it's each game's different and however they think um we should play at that time they kind of give us that game plan and we have to figure that out in the game and see how we're feeling and we kind of go from there 
that's definitely like our overall vibe. We're very fluid, which I think yeah. is very helpful in our games because like you said, you know, everybody's complimenting one another. And I, th- I think that keeps other teams guessing. I think sometimes exactly. they're, they're struggling with like, well, what's happening? Why did, you know, Otis just, you know, cut out why, but now that we, we got Nico in the center, like, you know, exactly. and just like those little things like that, I think is super helpful. And, and uh, I, I think that that's really awesome to see, that versatility from you all being used because, you know, a lot of people will notice that when, when you guys are being signed, we're like, we have a lot of players that can do a lot of different things. It's not like yeah. we just have, you know, a bunch of guys that, you know, this is what I do. And that's the only thing I do. And I think that we're starting to see that evolution more and more every game of that fluidity with the way you yeah. all play. So I, uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. Cause I can only imagine, you know, once we, we continuously build more and more and more. That's going to be some dangerous stuff, and it already is, really. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think as a, as a player, if you if you're able to play in multiple positions or do a job in multiple positions, it only rises your stock, really. It, yeah. I mean, especially where we're at, where where we are at, um, players are looking to climb up the leagues, and that's how it is in, in lower league uh in lower leagues all over the world you're always saying what can I do to be better how can I get to the MLS or how can I get to Europe whatever that may be obviously different players different ages everyone has different aspirations um yeah. but what I've found is that through my career is playing in different multiple being able to do a job in multiple positions only helps you and if you can say to a coach I can play as a right back and a left back and a winger, or I can play centre midfield, number ten, and a striker. Obviously, this is my best position. But worst case, you need me. We've got three injuries. Then having a player who can do it instead of having to go out and sign and spend more money on another guy yeah. is always is always a bonus to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's only going to make us stronger as this goes on. Yeah. So I want to switch to a few questions that um, I, I was sent. And then okay. some of them are actually from me. These are maybe a little bit off the, the beaten path. Um, yeah. I, I won't make you list um, three of the worst reasons to be roommates with Kaylin. Um, <laughs> I've got <laughs> 10. <laughs> Full 10. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So we'll say that. Uh, so <laughs> with the games, right? Um, I'm curious because I always like to ask people this. Do you have like any particular game day rituals or, or things that you need to do or like to do? That kind of gets you in the right mindset going into match day. I've I've always had a few. Have have I have always always had a few. Sorry, I'm slurring my words. Um, uh, of things that I've done over the years that I've tried, and then they've kind of fizzled out. I used to put my right shin pad on first, my left, then my left shin pad. I had a full thing going on, um, and we were actually talking about this. Obviously, we hadn't won away, or we hadn't got a point away from home. Yeah. So, myself and Will were talking about this in the hotel the other day. We were saying, what what have we been doing that has been wrong on these away trips? And we were like, well, we we always put on Friends, the show, before yeah. the game, uh, or, or the night of the night before the game. And we said, right, this week, no Friends. And so we're like, trying to work out what it is. And obviously, we've got a point now. So we, so said, can't right, we can't friends watch anymore. Friends anymore. So it's, we're just trying to, we're trying to work out little things like that. Um I've tried loads of different things, so I'm a bit superstitious on on that kind of thing, you know. Um, wearing wearing a pair of shoes uh, that that I lose in, I won't wear them again. Yeah. Going to the stadium or 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 a certain item of clothing that I I physically remember, I'm like oh, I shouldn't have worn that. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at the moment at the color of Stocks's pants, his uh, <laughs> his trousers, and. I said to him, he, I said, oh, are you wearing the green ones a couple of weeks ago? I said, but we won in the blue ones the other week. I said, why aren't you wearing those ones again? And he said, oh, it's not about the pants. It's about your performance. <laughs> so that was a funny one. But he's won, uh, he's won the blue ones the last three weeks. So, you know so what I mean? So, to... <laughs> exactly. So if he's listening, I'm, I'm hoping Wednesday he's wearing the blue pants. But yeah, well, that's a Everybody will be watching now. Exactly. Everybody will be freaking out if we show up and he's not wearing the blue pants. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't blame you on that. I'm not going to lie. Um, our one home match uh, that we lost, 
I wore a different pair of shoes. And ever so since then, you. I wore the, the same one from the first one. And <laughs> and we've we've gotten a point from every match that I've worn those shoes, except for that one that I swapped it out. And Never wear them like, again. You're ridiculous. She's like, it's yeah. not your shoes. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm going to, you need to send me which ones those are so I can make sure you're not wearing them next game. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, it's, uh, it, but my, my Pegasus, they, they, they are good. My, my Nike good. Pegasus, All right. if I wear those, I'll be, I'll be looking we got a them. point. I'll be looking for them, definitely. Yeah, my yeah, wife thinks I'm ridiculous, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm all about that. Yeah, I love hearing those little things because I feel like most people have like a little bit of superstitiousness about them. They, they yeah. start thinking, especially whenever you're an athlete, you start wondering, you're like, okay, but I didn't do this today. So that, that's funny to, to hear you yeah. go through those cycles and yeah. rubbing off on stocks a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right. So, um, I had this uh, question that somebody actually presented to me. What is your top memory from the season so far? Obviously it's been a short season, but, but what stands out to you is kind of like that memory that you're like, wow, so far the season that has been like number one. It's gotta be the Amal Saver Charles in the the last minute. I mean, I, I struggle to think of another time in, in soccer that, like I've had that much jubilation of a yeah. of a of a moment, um, and obviously the disappointing thing was that we just had the thunder before, so everyone majority of the fans had to leave. Yeah. Um. So I can't imagine what that would have been like as well with a full stadium. Um, right. But that moment definitely it was crazy game. Definitely undeserved the what had happened. Um, no. in my opinion and obviously that obviously Foxy's card was rescinded and all that kind of thing so that was proven at the end so yep. that that moment was definitely definitely top of the list it was incredible I know I hate that that delay had so many people leave because no, anybody in that no. stadium we were going wild and I know you guys were too it was yeah insane. it was electric on the field like it you know you would have thought they were like 20,000 people there the way we were all going crazy I know I know. You know, like you said, it's like that. That's that's not a card. That's not a PK. Like you know, just the whole circumstance was was oh, bad. And yeah. then to see them all come up big, and then everybody just lose it was swarm the field. Oh, it was incredible. And I, I I'd have to agree with you. A close second was definitely our first win. Torment, I think, after the period we'd been through and how tough and how hard we'd been working and not getting the results, and that was the mm-hmm. biggest relief. And I could see and all the staff and all the players, how much of a relief that was. It was like, right, we can win. Don't, yeah. We don't have to worry. We can win. We've won the first one now. We can kick on sort of thing. So yeah. that was that was, a, that was a great moment. I had all my, a lot of my family were here. My mother was over visiting, which was, so it was amazing as well. And my, yeah. uh, my partner's uh, family, Chloe's family were over here as well. So I had a load of fans and friends and family in the stands. So that was definitely a moment that sticks with me. That makes it all the sweeter. That's awesome. Exactly. Those, those yeah. are two that stick out to me as well. I mean, it's hard to beat at this point. I'm sure there'll be other ones that are going to be amazing, but those if are. That, if that free kick for Artez, that would have been a that would have that would have been up there as well if we'd won that one free too against I'm... Colorado. Yes, that was, like that was, oh, that last was... second too. Yeah, I know. Oh man, oh. just that would have you, been you don't nice. know. I mean, I'm sure you do know because you probably heard us, but how angry all the fans were. Everybody yeah. was just like, crazy. no, <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. And what a what a like way to start off your your scoring, <laughs> you know, to have a hat trick and, and then beat a team like Noco in the last second. But shoulda, woulda, coulda, I guess. But exactly. Really nice Let's time for the next one. Yep. Uh, we talked a little bit about what got you into to playing football and um, some of your inspirations. But somebody was curious: Are there any particular players that you've kind of um, took as inspiration, modeled yourself after, or? kind of think, okay, whenever I'm crafting my game, I would like to be um, producing this in a similar way. I think growing up, it was always, um, as a striker, I always had Alan Shearer, who was Newcastle's number nine. That was all I ever wanted to be, was Newcastle United's number nine. And having a a local guy kind of pave the way and do what he did in the game, that was, that was a huge, huge player for me. And, as a midfielder, um, I growing up it was Steven Gerrard. Um, yeah. His mentality, the way he was box to box, he could 
score. He could tackle. He was fast, strong. He had everything to his game. I think that was to be admired of. Um, and I think now, I think a player that I like to watch a lot of, um, who's younger than me actually, but I just think he's an incredible player, is Declan Rice for West yeah. Ham. The way he is, the way he can kind of get up and down the field and how much he runs and how technical he is for being a tall guy. And I think that's definitely a player who midfielders should watch, especially taller midfielders who maybe struggle with the ball at their feet at a young age or he shows you how if you work on your technique how good you can you can be so that's definitely a player I'm I'm watching a lot of at the moment and I, I really enjoy watching that's great yeah cuz and especially like that you mentioned you know continuing to to watch players now that are inspiring you because you know it's it's always a process it's it's not like you you know reach a certain level and then you're just like okay I'm done exactly. yeah I'm, I'm exactly. a perfect player now you know and so that's that's great to see that reflection and see you still look around the league and, and wonder, like, how can I do more of this or emulate that? Yeah. Very Definitely. cool. Um, I always like to ask this. I didn't get a chance to ask Kalen, so I got to go back one day and ask this. But I asked Nico, if you had a walkout or goal-scoring, like, theme song, like it played when you walked out onto the field or when you scored a goal, what would it be? Oh. That is a tough one. Um, so if if I was walking out, I would. I mean, the song that I I love and not many people have heard it is is a song called "Local Hero," and mm-hmm. it's um, by a guy called Mark Knopfler. Who mm-hmm. uh, and that is that's Newcastle United's walkout song. Well, it was back in the day, and um, they play it a little bit now. But still, every time I listen to it. Um, it still gives me the little goosebumps on on my neck, um, yeah. and I I love uh, I also love uh, a little bit of Hey Jude the by the Beatles. Okay. Yeah, um, I love the ending a lot of I know a lot of fans and stuff in in England uh, are singing that at the end of games and stuff now, but I love that song as well. So I'm they're very uh, chilled songs with with quite a big endings. So I think yeah. that's the kind of thing I like to. Be relaxed as I'm going out of games, and then just as I'm about to kick off, I want that little that little buzz to get me going. Yeah, no, that's awesome because like you, you know, there's always two different types of people. Either you want something like super aggressive that hypes you up like immediately, or you want like those slow burn ones that, like you said, give you those like chills, those goosebumps, and then you're exactly. just like, okay, all right, yep. I'm ready, I'm in the mindset. Yeah, I think yeah, I like I like I like to be calm on the field. I think it's important for me in my position to. To be yeah. as calm as possible. If if I'm going mad the whole game, then you know people are looking at you, going, "He needs to calm down." Whereas if you yeah. see a player and you look at him and you go, oh, "He's he's calm. He looks confident." Whether I am or not, um, as long as I can look, it's yeah. then it maybe it gives a sense of you know calmness to to people around me. So that's I think that's definitely important. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Well, Charlie, before I let you go, do you have any? parting words for Lexington Sporting Club fans I think honestly the the more the more that the more fans that are coming in as cliche as it sounds it's it helps us so so much the amount of people that are coming the amount of young kids that are coming um and seeing what what's being made here at the moment I think every fan that comes in and and shouts for us we appreciate more than they know um and obviously with our home record at the moment i think it shows and that is a lot of it is down to them being on top of other teams giving us that confidence boost i mean the roar that happened when we scored that potential winner against colorado it was it was incredible and you don't yeah. you don't get that i had one of the assistant manager tell me of of another club in the league and he said people are going to hate coming here he said they're on top of you the stadium's buzzing. The when you win, it's loud at the end. Everyone stays and everyone's clapping. He said you don't get that at a lot of places in the USL uh, Championship and League One. So yeah. the fact that we have that here is very special. I think obviously some people weren't too happy about the the placement and and things of the stadium, but I think you being there, the fans being there now what's going to come they'll be rewarded for sure with with what the club is planning and um i hope that they stick by us uh no matter what happens which they have done so far um 
but just sticking by us throughout the rest of this season and kind of make it a fortress in, in Georgetown towards the end of the season and make it impossible for, for people to come and enjoy being here. We want to make it the worst place possible for people to come and, and they're helping us massively. So we appreciate everything they're doing for us and and um, and we, we look forward to hopefully bringing more positive results. Yeah, nothing cliche about that. I think that the fans hearing that as many times as you guys want to say it, I think that's just going to pull more and more interest because, you know, they, there's a lot of people just really getting into it. And um, I actually had a few people sit next to me a few games ago and like that was their first game ever. Somebody just gave them the tickets. They immediately went and bought merch and they were like, we got to get tickets more often to this. And I think that that atmosphere and then seeing you guys feed off the atmosphere too is tremendous because it's not like, you know, everybody's cheering and you guys are just going about your business. Like you can actively see you all get that little extra little boost Definitely. that pushes you through. And um, I think people are going to get more comfortable. I mean, we're obviously loud and making noise, but I know that there's a there's a big push to have people in the stands kind of spur each other on. And I think that'll only get better with time and we'll see more and more people. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it becomes it becomes a family and players, fans. It's 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 a family. We're all together. So we all we're all striving for the same things. So we see we see the fans as that. And uh, it's they're not fans, they're family to us. So the fact that the fact that the people who are coming out at the moment, I think if you're thinking about coming out, give it a go because come out and once you've been you'll understand why you want to be a part of it and and a part of this club moving forward so um yeah if you if you're listening to this and you and you're thinking about coming to one of the games then i would i would definitely recommend it and give me a message i'll get you a ticket hey there we go hey i couldn't say it better myself charlie i think that's perfect and i think that you guys are going to get more and more uh, positivity and more and more fans out there thanks to that attitude so yeah i really appreciate you taking all of this time to sit down talk with me get some some information out to the fans share a little bit of who you are and what your journey is and so i, I can't wait to see you guys on wednesday not far away and yeah then, not, uh, hopefully not we'll get that win yeah definitely that's that's the aim and uh thank you again mate for for having me and again we're we're, we're really appreciative of everything you're doing for the club so uh thank you thank you for that I appreciate that a lot. Thanks again, Charlie, and uh, good luck on Wednesday. Thanks so much, mate. Appreciate it.